Our torture continues. Uh, Dougmas is drawing. To... <laughs> sorry to you. Do you need to take that? No, I'm good. Um, okay, sorry. <laughs> it's just like terror in your eyes as the phone buzzed. Um, <clears throat> sorry, as I was saying, our torture continues. Uh, as Dougmas draws to a close this year, we have once more decided to watch a full-length nostalgic critic movie. Well, a Channel Awesome movie, sorry. Mm-hmm. To call this a nostalgic critic movie would be to sell short the many, many talents of all the other people who worked on this one. He does say in the behind-the-scenes documentary, and I quote, I prefer when people just get out of my way and don't help. <laughs> yes! All right, yeah. This is the artistic mind of Doug Walker. Um Oh, I also want to mention right off the bat that their backup plan was to do an uh, improv murder mystery. Yeah, and they tried to do it like halfway through, didn't they? Like halfway through filming, yeah. they tried to bail. So, so this is what happened. Because I, I know the behind the scenes information of <laughs> we watched Suburban Nights, by the way, which I want to mention off the bat is two hours long. Yeah, people call this one the good one. Those people have Are brain wrong. damage. This movie is so long. Maybe it's just the fact that, like, you know, to boldly flee exists. So people don't acknowledge how long this one is. But this movie is too long. This movie is way too long. Um, it includes all of our favorite Channel Awesome people. Lindsay Ellis, Jew Wario, Spoonie. Film Brain, of course, who's just obnoxious as ever. Still doing his only is it, bit. Is it Chris in the Shadows? Todd in the Shadows, Todd yeah. Todd in the Shadows? Yeah, he also- okay. He is the only creator whose content I still genuinely watch. I, okay. I really like his stuff. And one Good of his only time. lines in this movie is, please, I don't even like these people, which I don't know if he was acting Todd, or not. Um, Swade and Monty are the redeemable yeah, ones. The only good people involved in this project. Uh, um, so they started out only using one camera and a four day <laughs> shooting schedule. And I would like to note, just for the people who didn't watch the movie with us in the Discord, by the way, shout out to the members of the Discord who watched it with us. That was a great great. time. It was very Uh, fun. For almost all of the movie, there are two groups doing Mm -hmm. different things, an A plot Mm -hmm. and a B plot, and they just had one camera. Didn't they have to use, like, Todd's camera or something? Like, one of the other guys. So later at... At day three, they started using two cameras. Um, all the inside shots are in Doug's house or a friend's house. The basement is a friend's house. I am the so excited to talk about the basement. The okay, basement let's talk about is... the basement. Yeah, are we just going to jump forward to talk about the basement? I think so. So the, the plot revolves around a guy named Jaffers who disappears. Yeah, which... So actually, hang on. No, I think we should we should discuss beforehand because I did take in depth plot notes. Okay. Um, so yeah, let's we'll just... discuss the plot, and I'll jump in with some behind the scenes. Yeah, whenever is relevant, please. Do you have anything more to regale um, us with before we start? So he got zero filming permits. Yep. <laughs> <It's> just <laughs> he got no filming permits, even though Lindsay Ellis begged him to. <laughs> Uh, Um, and he did make them shoot on easter oh my god they were shooting (laughs) on holidays to make suburban nights (laughs) so one of the days got rained out and so they had to shoot on easter (laughs) (laughs) oh that's awesome they i will say uh the imdb trivia page states that according to a number of the cast filming lasted from 12 to 13 hours a day which is astonishing uh yeah the longest day was 14 hours yeah that's crazy um i would like to note uh actually no we'll just do we'll start we'll start a plot summary and then as we go we'll just give the behind the scenes information that we have um we're just going to get our year's quota of talking about doug out of the way i have Oh, uh, I will regale the podcast with the information I found out about Doug, which Doug's first YouTube <laughs> venture 
five second films, there is a clip of his uh, bare ass shitting that's on the internet that I was not aware of. Um, and, and I wish I wasn't aware of it still. Yeah, our lives are all worse now that we know about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I consumed a lot of Doug this week. <laughs> yeah, we, we really did because we both started consuming like it. I feel like it's part of like something about these movies, you know, we watch them and then all of a sudden we get the spark back in us and we're like, we need to consume as much Doug content as we can. And because we both swore not to watch the movie twice, Uh uh, we've just been consuming all of the possible errata that we could like anything adjacent to Doug. Anyway, the movie starts. We get a cold open as a character who we later learn his name Malachite, but in my notes, I just called it Trenchcoat Mafia Mor- Morpheus. Mm-hmm. Uh, Who says some racist things in the behind-the-scenes documentary. Oh, hell yes. <laughs> oh, hell yes. What have we? What have you got for us? Let's just... Uh... Um, he just refer- he refers to his black mother in some very demeaning terms, and her Uh-oh. hair with some not-okay terms. Yikes, that is... A wild thing to learn. I was not expecting that. Um, <laughs> they also debate in in the behind the scenes documentary what the gayest musical is. What what conclusion do they come to? I think the Spring Awakening, but the options were Spring Awakening, Rent, and Mamma Mia. Yeah, a it is Rent, but also if you know Rent the Spring Awakening. Sorry, you are the gayest person in discussion. Like you don't get to. <laughs> You didn't get to know about the spring awakening and then go like, (laughs) yeah, but I'm not gay. (laughs) Anyway, he delivers some very Reddit tier monologues about how technology is evil and it makes Mm -hmm. you weak uh, and then blows up. He shoots a man in the head for using a GPS and then blows up the car. That man. Fun fact. So the man he shoots in the head was supposed to play one of the cloaks, but he refused to shoot on Easter. And so he got recast. Good. Good. Good for him. I would just like to say you should not have to shoot on Easter for suburban nights. (laughs) But (laughs) he, uh, the car as it explodes, I would like to note, they just sort of like put an iMovie explosion effect over the car and were too lazy to, I don't know move the car so the car explodes and you can still just see it sitting perfectly like, intact they behind just the explosion gotten a shot of the same place without the car which they do later on in the movie the other time malachite makes someone explode i don't know why this was so hard for them i i don't know anyway i didn't like it angry joe we then get who mercifully is not very involved in this movie no, uh, but we get Angry Joe just strolling down the street in the most dynamic camera work of the whole movie is just Boy, the tracking shot of his feet. The behind the scenes, though. Oh no, I can only imagine. But yeah, so he's bouncing along, and he learns that he has won a free car. Uh, so he shows up to a house. It's Doug's house, of course it is. He enters and sees Doug's all the real life house. By Doug's the way, real life home. I know the address. Um, so do I. <laughs> we'll not be sharing it on mic. I might. We'll see how angry I get. But he enters, and my notes at this point just say, Angry Joe is me, which is to say he screams no 21 times in very quick succession upon learning that he's been had. Um, And yeah, they learn about this guy, something Jeffers, Jaffers? Jaffers. Chuck Jaffers, that's his name. Mm -hmm. As Doug plays an 80s newscast about Chuck Jaffers, a D&D player who disappeared. Uh, Mm -hmm. As a side note. You probably learned this in the behind the scenes thing, but this was a a shocking reveal for me. Do you know who the newscaster is? Who's the newscaster? That's Doug's dad. This that is a real family. Yeah, that is project. Barney Walker. Um, He's a veteran. A veteran, yeah. I was going to say Navy intelligence officer extraordinaire. Sorry, just officer. Uh, <laughs> I keep like in my head, like Doug gets more and more sus every time I think about him. <laughs> CIA operative. Head of the CIA, Barney Walker. (laughs) Uh, No, yeah, just Navy officer, not intelligence officer that we know. Now we can talk about the basement it cuts to. Yes. So Chuck Jaffers is later freed. Don't worry. We'll talk about the plot in between, but I really want to talk about this basement. How 
do you describe how do we describe this basement it is the most i so inside of it there is a massage chair an elliptical machine a recliner a ghost in the shell poster a ghost in the shell poster a used lint roller <laughs> which they did not clean um, there's just there's like some hair sticking to congo it. drums I Those just are like bongos, but bigger. Fun fact. <laughs> um, and there is a laptop mounted to the wall. There's several laptops, like throughout. There are several laptops, like mounted to the wall, like television screens. I don't know why, but there are. Um, let's see. I'm just looking it's... at the. There's no way to describe how evil the vibes in this room are. You it's simply must good. experience it for yourself. Uh, so, Jaffrey's by the way, played by Rob Walker. Yeah, Rob Walker. So we get another just evil, evil man doing evil things, which is to say participating in this movie at all. And behind the scenes, oh boy, he was being more evil. But He was. <laughs> um, I hate this basement so much. The vibes are so thoroughly fucked. It's it is not just, even the weirdest, or it is... It's one of the... There's two basements shown in this. And they're both just so they're insane. They're both bizarre. One of them is like a bar, but the walls only go up like half height. Yeah, the walls go up halfway. There's like a washing machine directly across from the toilet in the bathroom, which might be a normal thing. I have never, never seen it seen in it. any house I've been in. But, you know, I I want to be generous to whoever owns this home. Maybe that's normal. It's Doug. That, I believe was that was Doug's house. house. Oh, so Doug just so, has that much liquor in his basement. I believe all the indoor shots were filmed in Doug's house, except for the, uh, the aforementioned basement. The aforementioned basement, and when they go to the lady's house and tie her up. Okay, yeah, and that, I think that that was also not at Doug's house. Yeah, because we see the uh, there's a, yeah, okay, so we'll talk about that in a moment. So. Mm-hmm. They all decide, since it's a fantasy quest, for some reason it will help them do the quest if they're all dressed up like fantasy characters. So I'm just going to give a quick rundown of all the participants we get in the order that they're introduced, because I did my homework on this one. Very good. So Doug steps out as Link. Pantsless. Uh, Pantsless. Which Link wears pants. Link wears pants, but we wouldn't get the delightful bit in which we see the nostalgia critics cock and balls otherwise. He says in the behind the scenes that that joke wasn't worth it. He is right. He was (laughs) correct. No one got anything from that. Because it was Uh, like, you can see all their breath in the behind the scenes. Like it was freezing cold. Yeah, it was like almost uh, in the not so awesome document. I think it's Iron Liz talks about the fact that it was like, below freezing in the scene like when they filmed the final fight scene and like Mm -hmm. 8-bit mickey was shivering so hard that he like had to do like laps around things while they they weren't filming let some of them wear pants during that scene which good they probably should have let them do that from the beginning or i don't know not scheduled to film in chicago in february this feels like an oversight my cats are just going buck wild over there so i hope you can't hear them um Angry okay. Joe steps out dressed as Inigo Montoya from The Princess Bride. And the joke is that he doesn't remember how to do the, the most end. iconic line from that movie. Uh, then Spoonie shows up dressed as Gandalf. We get Linkara dressed as King I Arthur. I want to mention before this that during the during the Doug sits everyone down and tells them they didn't get a free car scene, there is a down the shirt shot. Oh, yeah, Lindsay yeah. Ellis. I forgot about the Lindsay Ellis down blouse. It is really weird it's egregious too it is egregious yeah there's a stain on the shirt yeah there's a stain which for me was considerably more distracting um she looks somewhat drunk i'm not going to allege that she was drinking on set but i am going to say that she's drinking something in that shot and frankly they did make them all wake up at like 6 a.m to do this too yeah so okay all probably so exhausted yeah this was been... day one Yes. Was this was this one filmed sequentially as well? No. Okay. They filmed all the indoor shots on day one, team A on day two, then day three got rained out. Day four <laughs> was team B. Day five was day Easter. Day five was uh everyone on Easter. <laughs> Incredible. Um <laughs> just truly astonishing. Uh <laughs> I do you know, I am glad that Doug learned at least one thing from filming Kickassia, though, which is to say, 
you don't have to film things in the order that they occur yes. in the movie. <laughs> the fact that Doug drove back and forth to different sets to film it's things. It's so funny it's, with one camera. It is astonishing. Yeah, just truly phenomenal. They did, however, they didn't provide food or water. Uh, once they again. They did on this one. They provided meals, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, which were no, purchased like, um, by Iron Liz. Um, oh, for real? Yeah, no, she talks about it in the not so awesome document. She had they to like talk about it in the behind the scenes, being like, and then we took everyone out for pizza. Interesting. Yeah, it's not. Uh, I will just say that's that doesn't quite jive with what I heard <laughs> from the uh, the not so awesome document. Uh, if I may do some cross referencing, um, yeah, Iron Liz, who is of course dating Linkara at the moment, the the. The light bringer. She's the one dressed as. Is she in this? She was one of the cloaks, so she was not That's initially not. Okay. part of the talent. Yeah, she which, was. A, she was a producer. She wasn't a producer either. She was Linkara's ride to the filming. They refer to her as a producer in the behind the scenes. That is awesome. Yeah, so she wasn't allowed to eat because she was, and I quote, "not one of the talent." Uh, by Rob Walker and Mike Michaud did not allow her to eat, including any of the Popeyes that she paid for out of pocket to buy for the cast. Oh my God. Um, she was told she couldn't eat any of it. Uh, but yeah, no, she was like his ride down. Then she became one of the cloaks. Uh, I think actually she might've been the, the cloak who replaced uh, the guy in the car in the first scene. Yeah. Um, she well, also, two of the cloaks got recast. Yeah. So she was one of them, um, <laughs> which is insane. She also later on she like had her knee just like stomped in by one of the guys during like a uh, a scene they were filming and oh Rob made her sign a document uh I promising did hear that about this. What's that? I have heard about this. Yeah, yeah, he made her sign a document stating that she wouldn't hold them liable for what happened before he would give her ice. Uh That's crazy. Which is insane. I don't know okay, how they talk uh, about that in the behind-the-scenes doc, but... They do not mention Yeah, it. what a surprise. The only injury they mention is Rob Walker's injury done at the behest of Swade, <laughs> the hero of this whole film. Swade, the avenging angel, returning from his mission and wielding righteous flames. Um, <laughs> oh, wait, sorry, hang on. Let me finish going oh, yeah. down the cast yeah, real yeah. quick, though. Yes, please. So, yeah, Linkar is playing King Arthur, and oh, boy, is he into it. He's the only guy who's trying to do a character, and it really shows. I hate Linkara so much. I hate um, Linkara, too. <clears throat> Lindsay Ellis shows up. She's Arwen, and you know what? Since we just had a shot of her tits earlier, the movie can't get much hornier for her, which, good, I guess. Glad we got that out of the way early on. I think uh, he missed Spoonie. Oh, right, yeah. Spoonie was Gandalf. He arrived right before Linkara. Uh Benzai, I think his name was. Uh, Benzai's the, the one. ripped one. Yeah, he's the French guy. He was Conan the Barbarian. Because uh, he's absolutely ripped. In the behind-the-scenes documentary, he just picks up uh, one of the other guys and just, like, carries him around for a little bit. Wait, <laughs> why didn't they use that? Okay, that's fine. Whatever. Because it was inside. Because just... it was the night that they all met up before filming, and everyone was having a great time. The girls were, like, arm-wrestling each other for money. Good for them. You know, and then like Doug kept on being like, now, why does this turn me on? And I was oh, like, no, no, no. All right. Uh, but, you know, look, that is the thing I'll say is all of the people said like, yeah, it was awful filming it. But there was a sense of camaraderie amongst everybody, like which is why when they later attempted to stop the movie so they could just turn it into an improvised murder mm -hmm. mystery mockumentary or whatever, everybody yeah. said. No, no. there's a unanimous, we're going to do this. What? Who's the guy in the fedora? What's his name? Ah, Cinema Snob. Yeah, Cinema he... Snob was the one who gave like this impassioned speech on why they should keep going. And That's like, so funny. Doug back up. <laughs> That's incredible. I just love, I need to watch the behind the scenes doc too. This is yeah. so good. Maybe it's that'll like be. 45 minutes. It's not oh, too bad. I'm watching it immediately after we stop recording then. Um. Let's see. So then Sage, I think his name was. I didn't catch all these people's names. He shows up as Aslan from Narnia and gets and laughed really at. a really bad costume. It is a pretty bad costume. And he the says joke... in the behind-the-scenes documentary that it, he said, it looks like I'm being shat out by a moose. <laughs> that is a dark and accurate way to describe that costume. Yeah. Um, 
Phalus shows up as the rock biter, which, wow, that is just, he's the worst. Um, I... He doesn't understand his own character, fun fact. Good. He did not choose this. He doesn't like it. He's like, I don't know what I am. And he's right, too. What is the rock biter from? I don't remember this. This is like I... a vaguely familiar concept that I'm sure when I hear what it's from, I'll go, oh, yeah, that. Um, the rock biter, never ending story. Ah, uh, okay, cool. All right. Um, yeah, his it's awful. Name is like he is just Karzak. Krazak. I he watched like Never really Ending Story name. once when I was like eight. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen it. Keep it that way. It's not very good. Uh, okay. But uh, yeah, I really hated his performance in particular. So Doug shows up in his costume in the behind the scenes, and everyone immediately is like, "Ah." <laughs> just, just the I love, you know it's it's not good but it is comforting to know that the people behind the scenes were filled with just as much despair during the filming of this movie as i was during my experience watching it possibly more possibly more we had to do it four days we only Almost had certainly hours. more yeah mars girl is princess mononoke all of her lines are in japanese and she apparently was asked by doug to translate them herself doug wrote the script and then made her translate her lines into Japanese, which is crazy. They uh, also didn't know who all was showing up for this until <laughs> like two days beforehand. That's why. So were they, were some of these roles just like question marks? Or Yeah, he said he was like, it was really hard to write for people that I didn't know were going to be there. <laughs> Doug. <laughs> Doug, you need to... Oh, my God. That's just... Oh, my God. This should be cause for reflection, Doug. Uh... Oh, it should be. Oh, my God. It's like we said, when the joke over and over again is that no one wants to help Doug, maybe he should be like, why do I keep writing this joke? Yeah, yeah, like the joke at the very beginning is Angry Joe showing up and realizing he's going to be in another Channel Awesome movie and then screaming in despair uh, for about a minute straight. Uh, he was like, I don't think the filming of this was as bad as Kegasia. Which it was. Yeah, I guess. That was the general sentiment was it sucked, but it wasn't as bad as Kegasia. Yeah, and I don't know if I if I had to choose between like Chicago in February or the barren desert. I'm not sure where I'd rather be without food or water, but uh, neither of them is a good place to In be. In Reno or... <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, yeah. Film Brain, and I don't remember the person's name, but she later transitioned into a woman, the other person who was Harry Potter. Um, so oh, I didn't write down her name, uh, but that's the running bit is there's two people who are Harry Potter. One of them's Canadian, and the other one is Film Brain, and... Yay, film brain. We get more of him. I, oh boy, he I sure is annoying don't and grating. Like film brain at all? Yeah, really bad. Just Who's awful. Who's the guy with the headphones? The guy with the headphones is. Oh, I don't think I got his name. Actually, he's the only one whose name I didn't get. But I'm about to get to him because he. Oh my god. I'm gonna uh, see if I can find in the credit. What is yeah. he dressed as? Go ahead. And he's the one who's. Wait, sorry. Here we have two more people, three oh, okay. more people in between them. So we have Cinema Snob as Indiana Jones. There's so many people in this fucking movie. I, there are so many people. So Cinema Snob is Indiana Jones. Cinema Snob is brutal. He's doing his thing. Oh boy, he sure can't. He he's just the living embodiment of DreamWorks face. Like I don't know if his face is capable of raising both eyebrows to the same level. It's crazy. I it's awful. Eight bit Nikki is Peter Pan. Uh, Obscurus Lupa is Snow White. Later on, there's a really creepy bit where all of the men are arguing over who gets to kiss her unconscious body. Didn't like that. that. Uh, yeah, and then we get this guy she playing. Later gets. She's the one that got fired from Channel Awesome because Mike Mashad was like, "We're gonna have a meeting now," and she was like, "What?" Yeah, and didn't read her email for 15 minutes and then got yeah. fired. Because yeah, of she it. has a very very long entry on the uh not so awesome document oh, yes, uh, she does. about pretty much everything that she dealt with uh, and oh boy there's a lot of it uh mm -hmm. it's also crazy because there are three women on this set and they are all so much more charismatic than every single one of the guys like they just i don't know it's crazy he has a dark charisma spoonie yeah that's true there are a couple of them who i think are pretty good Todd clearly doesn't want to be there, but that sort of adds to his performance, I think. 
Spoonie, yeah, for better or for worse, you believe it whenever Spoonie says anything. Uh, and then everybody else is really just sort of doing their own thing. But yeah, so let me get this guy who's playing Jeremy Irons from the D&D movie, which, yeah, man, that's a great reference. For some so reason, he's weird. still wearing that like stupid deviant art hat and headphones, though. Um, and a soul patch that is just heinous. It's so bad. It is so uncomfortable. Look, I don't have the best facial hair. I will acknowledge that. But wow, I am just so glad that I have never looked like that. Um, I can't even describe it. It's like, it's just evil. It's just like, yeah, oh. I don't know how to describe it. It looks really bad. Uh, okay. Kinley Mockery, who's the one that plays the other Harry Potter? Yes. His dad is Colin Mockery. Wait, like... Like from... the actor. What the fuck? Is, <laughs> what is happening? My world is collapsing around is me. Colin Mockery. I'm just, I don't understand anything. All right, oh, cool, I guess. On. Yeah, um, good for Kinley. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Um, uh, yeah, Todd in the Shadows shows up as... The Dread Pirate Roberts, also from The Princess Bride. And there's a really weird bit where no one knows who he is, even though... People knew who Anigo Montoya is. Yeah, five is. minutes ago, they introduced another character from The Princess Bride, and the joke was that Paul everybody knew Schindler his lines better than him. He's uh, the guy that I find terrifying. Yeah, he is demonic. There is, It's crazy. Like We're almost to the big one. But it is crazy looking at all of these people and just saying, like, if you told me there were allegations against any of these people, I would believe you in a heartbeat. Uh, and particularly for him. was his. Yeah, I. it's just, it's, oh boy. Anyway, uh, Tom, I don't remember he's his last name. But he's a big guy. He shows up and he's playing Willow. And the joke is, haha, he's not a little girl. His only lines in the movie, he just says, I'm Willow, over and over. Apparently that was at his request because he didn't like how many lines he had in Kikassia, which oh, rocks. No. Uh, and finally, the kicker. Something that I think I might have broken my microphone when this happened because I did not know it was coming. I didn't either, and I wish I still had no idea. Our returning villain, Jew Wario, who you will all remember as being the guy who killed himself when allegations about him were about to come out, he shot himself in his bathroom because it was revealed that he was attempting to groom younger women on the site. Uh, he shows up dressed as David Bowie from Labyrinth. Um, and if you know anything about David Bowie and Labyrinth, he's wearing really tight pants. And, oh boy, that is the only joke that we get sexual predator Jew Wario doing this entire movie. It's so bad. It is. And that all the women love it. Yeah. It's yeah, the big joke is all of the women want to have sex with him. They think he is so hot and cool. And they do that bit so many times. In the finale in the climax of the movie, he pulls down his pants and flashes the crowd. Um and that's like the big ray of light that comes to save them. He later on tells a character like, hold my ball. Uh, it's, he has a fushigi the entire time. He has a fushigi ball. very proficient with it. Yeah, which I guess just makes sense, honestly. Uh, <laughs> <but> <laughs> I can't explain it, but yeah, I just nodded when that happened. Um, and that is really like genuinely just so dark and uncomfortable that throughout the whole movie, like... None of the jokes aged well because so many of them were just going like, yeah, whatever, fag. But like, you know, at least that was just like edgy internet and not like, wow, isn't the sexual predator so hot? Yeah. Uh, like, it's just. That it's, joke aged so poorly. Like, like milk Greek in. yogurt. Yeah, like milk in a Molossian car. Like, it's just so awful. Anyway. We should probably continue talking about the movie's very thin plot. So they're going after the Hand of Malachite for some reason. But we also have to bring up the last character, who's the thematic emotional Oh, yes, of line. course. Right, yeah. So they the whole group is there, and then Ma-Ti shows up, you know, from Captain Planet. Uh, and his power is heart. And since that's the only joke on the channel is, wow, what kind of stupid power is heart? Um, 
they keep sending him on missions to go do other things. They're yeah. like, actually, we need you to find Lindsay Ellis's contact lens. Yeah, or we need you to, later on, we need you to find 8-bit, uh, so we need you to find goat porn for 8-bit Mickey, who cannot get yeah. an erection without looking yes. at goats. Um, she finds goat fucking for dummies, the book. Yeah, which, yeah, Great awesome, joke. cool. I wonder how long it took them to come up with that one. Uh, and then finally, the last task he is given later on in the film is he has to buy the Nostalgia Critic a coffee. Now, there's a sort of uncomfortable subtext to this joke, which is to say that aside yeah. from Todd in the Shadows, Mozzie is the only person on the film, in the entire film, who except isn't, for, except uh, for Malachi, yeah. Yeah. except for the villain who isn't white. Yeah. Uh, and the whole joke is, wow, we don't want to hang out with this loser. I'm uncomfortable around him. It was biz- Let me it- return to Jew Wario's arms. Like, it's it's really... When we were watching it, I was like, this feels so racist. Yeah, like, I think we all were feeling... I don't remember who it is that first said it, but everybody in the call immediately was like, I was thinking the exact same thing. It, yeah. It, it's really... I I don't think it was intentional. I don't think so either. I don't think he thought about it. I don't think he's conscious enough of social things. Yeah, exactly. To think about that. And that's the problem. It's like it, it, the fact that it's unintentional is almost worse because at least if it was intentional, <laughs> the joke would be like, look at these racist assholes and not like, wow, they're right. Mati sucks. I wouldn't want to hang out with him either. There's it's just something cool. about that guy. I can't put my finger on it, but something about him makes me less willing to hang out with him than my cool white internet friends. Oh, God. But anyway, so yeah. Uh, By the way, apparently Pa Duggan is just a cool dude who doesn't want to be on the internet anymore and left. Yeah, he left Channel Awesome. he's just evil looking. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which is rough. Yeah. He married someone else on Channel Awesome. Oh, who? Uh, One of the Nostalgia Crick chick co-writers. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, Elisa something. Yeah, so we get Doug and his team are wandering around the forest. Uh, one of the most baffling bits to me that happens several times throughout the movie is a character says something in what I guess is supposed to be an archaic fantasy way, and no one understands them, and so it has to be translated. And the first one of those we get is Obscurus Lupa, as Snow White goes, Into what willowing wood of bird and deer have we so sojourned? To which Doug responds, What? And she says, where are we going? It's like, well, A, that's a different question. The yeah. first thing she asked was, where have we gone? Yes. Not, But anyway, regardless, it wasn't hard. To, we know what sojourned means. But anyway, it's Maybe just. Maybe Doug didn't. Maybe Doug had to like pull out the thesaurus. <laughs> Doug going through the thesaurus. The thesaurus. Yeah, I can't, never mind. I'm done. I can't make fun of Doug for not knowing words. I can't say the thesaurus. The thesaurus. Uh, so I'm just going to. Have you ever read a paper by someone who obviously has only used a thesaurus? Yeah, it is brutal. It's uh, so bad. You're like, you don't know what this one means. This was just the first thing that came up. Uh, like the word hypocrite in this. <laughs> it's someone who says something and then, and then does something else. <laughs> that's not what that means. That's not what that means at all. Um, I don't think Doug knows what words are, but again... That's kind of an example, I guess. Yeah, I guess, yeah. It's it's close. It's almost there. Like, if if there was a... Th- <laughs> <laughs> if there was a thesaurus... Thank you, yeah. There was one of those things, but for dictionaries, where it just gave several definitions, each slightly less true than the last one. Like, mm-hmm. it's the Urban Dictionary equivalent of yeah. a definition of hypocrite. Where it's like, yeah, I believe that someone believes that's what hypocrite means. but I'm sure a lot of people. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, Linkara really wants to sing. That's another recurring bit throughout it, is Linkara keeps trying to sing because he's King Arthur from Camelot. And he's not good at singing. I'm sorry. No. He's very theater, theater kid about it, but Yes. He's not good at it, as we learn at the end of the movie when he actually sings. He's he can't the hold reason, a note. He's the reason why they were discussing what musical is the gayest, by the way. <laughs> I guess they, I should be Because like, they were like, what's your sword for? Cutting daisies? <laughs> it was rough. 
<laughs> yes. Oh, hell yes. That is so good. Got his ass. <laughs> Sorry. As you were. Um, so one of the filming locations that they had, the one in the woods, they showed up 10 minutes before it opened and didn't realize it. So they were like, oh man, it's closed. Let's just leave. <laughs> and we left. And when he got breakfast. Yes. One of the times they actually got food. And the whole time Lindsay was like, if he would have just gotten a filming permit, it would have cost him maybe like $30, but we, the place would have at least been open. Yeah, it's a filming permit is not that expensive. That's the crazy no. thing. Like if you're filming at a park, um, my I had some buddies actually who earlier this year, maybe they were in the background of the modern day suburban nights, but uh, my school, my college is next to a larger much more expensive college that uh, a number of CIA agents have graduated from. It's, in the shadows. Yeah, it's, it's like one of the most expensive colleges in the state. I think it might be the right. most expensive. Yeah, so it's like that kind of person goes to that one. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I get it. Yeah, and there's a national park nearby where there's a waterfall that you can like swim around in. You know, that classic sort of thing, right? You jump off the waterfall, there's a yeah. big pool underneath, you swim around, it's great. And they were approached by a group of people who were like, hey, we're filming a movie and you're in the background of the shot. Uh, could you leave? Uh, my friends rightly responded with, no, do you have a filming permit? And they said, no, but you're in the background. And he was like, yeah, we're we're not leaving, dude. We're like, just going to be in the background. Yeah. The girl was apparently wearing a Grateful Dead shirt, and he was like berating her. Yeah. And my friend was at the moment high on acid, and so he was like berating oh, her like, yeah. This is nature. What's your favorite Grateful Dead song? He was more like, this is nature. This is the earth. You of all people should understand that, Uh, which is very funny. It's a very acid argument to make. It Um, really is. It's like, I can tell by your shirt, you value the earth. You shouldn't be trying to possess it, to film it for your student film. Um, I love it. Anyway, nothing more to that story. But I was just thinking about speaking of people who are older than they should be to be filming without permits in public places. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyway, yeah. So uh, they split up. They find the map, right? Oh, yeah, right. They find the map, then they split up. They wander in the forest. Uh, Um, Because there's two paths to get to what is essentially the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, it's it's a glove with a big gemstone in it. Mm Mm-hmm. Never seen that one before. No. Good good one, Doug. Yeah. Keep predicting Endgame. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Look, I'm just saying, Doug Walker could write Endgame, but... The guys who wrote Endgame could never write Suburban Nights. I don't think that's a good thing, but I'm fairly confident that they could not write Suburban Nights if they tried. I'm confident I couldn't write Suburban Nights. Yeah. Um, There's some great jokes such as uh, Doug has his balls out. Oh, yeah. Well, that happens a little later on. I do want to discuss the only bits I did genuinely like is they talk to a little like black puppet. It's like a Muppet Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And when it gets ready to fight them, the guy puppeteering it just stands up and starts punching them in the face with the puppet, which was a decent joke. It helped, yeah. but it's pretty much... It went the, a little long. Yeah, it went but... a little long, but that's just, like, the fight itself went long. The joke itself, I think, was helped by the fact that no one went, wait, there was a guy controlling it? Like, they just all went with it, yeah. Yeah, it's like the only joke in the movie that they don't stop to repeat three or four times. Yeah. Uh, the pacing oh in this is terrible, but that's yeah. okay. Yeah, Obscurus Lupa faints during that. Uh, that's when we get the the great bit of all the men standing around her arguing over who gets to kiss her before she wakes up, which... Ugh. Uh, Lindsay Ellis does the elf montage, which is like a parody of like mm-hmm. Arwen in Lord of the Rings. That's another bit she, that happens several times. She does it like times. three times, and it's the joke where, where like she's hot, so the men get distracted. Yeah. She does uh, a weird thing with her tongue during one of them that I really hate. Yeah. Oh, that was that was awful. I that like <laughs> I think a solid minute of that movie was erased from all of our minds because we were just yelling about that for the rest. Like it, it just like it, it took over everything that could have. It was just that was awful. I hated that the, was bad. Lindsay Ellis tongue clip was awful. Um. Oh yeah, we. There's also like there is some dark place level ADR in this movie, but oh, like, there is not done intentionally. Uh, we're like they're standing in the forest, and all of a sudden you hear an air conditioning unit in the background, and Linkar is like, "Guys, I think we should sing some more." 
Uh, but <laughs> All of uh, Doug's speeches, fun fact, were filmed later. That's why there's no one else in the shot. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering about that. It is very funny how much like shot reverse shot dialogue there is, considering that there was only one camera on set for most of the film. So they'd have to go cut. Yeah, turn <laughs> and action. What? Cut. cut. Like, <laughs> just <laughs> these movies might be masterpieces, actually. Um, <laughs> if you view them like they're written by Garth Marenghi. Yeah, if they're if they're like an Andy Kaufman esque performance, then they're one of the greatest pieces of art of all time. Unfortunately, we know that they aren't that, so they are just bad. But <laughs> regardless, um, yeah, this is when we get. Oh yeah, so the side note: Spoonie and Jew Wario, the de facto heads of the other group, get chased mm-hmm. by the cloaks. Three people in dark cloaks and tennis shoes, which you can tell because the cloaks and are too jeans, short. Because none of them are wearing black pants. Yeah, they also all appear to just purchase their own cloaks. Like there were no cloak consistency. It could have been there. I mean, at most, it was like fifteen dollars at Party City. I can only imagine. Like, if you want to be as cheap as you are for this movie, at least buy three similar cloaks. But oh well. Uh, so they chase down the group. That's really all that happens there. They're, the group is defeated by the power of iMovie effects. Uh, and then we get the classic bit of Doug's cock and balls. Um, where he sits down he as Link. Manspreads. Yeah, in the tiny little chair. And yeah, he does manspreading. He does toxic masculinity. In he it. does. I could... In that I moment, I turned into a BuzzFeed writer. Yeah. yeah. Like, I was like, oh. 100%. I see the problem. I get it. Yeah. I understand it. It's like, we need to smash the patriarchy, and the patriarchy is just Doug. Um, <laughs> Are you saying you want to smash Doug? Well, hang on now. Uh, <laughs> who's asking? Uh, <laughs> no, I do not. Um, <laughs> would I do terrible things to Doug? Yes. Would he enjoy them? absolutely not this would there would be nothing sexual about this um but yeah we someone in the comments i'm sorry says r.i.p both drew wario and david bowie both will be missed yeah two pedophiles <laughs> one shot like i mean oh that is insane <laughs> that's a great comment oh my god that is <laughs> the longer i think about it the better it gets it's <laughs> really funny <laughs> that's that is an incredible comment actually that is the funniest thing to go Wow, if I didn't feel obligated to keep recording, I would just stop the recording there because there's no way we could say anything funnier than that. Somebody said uh, this comment was probably made before things came to light, but people aren't missing Juwario so much anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's, let's burn through the rest of this so we can talk about some behind-the-scenes stuff some more. Um, I don't have much more. But... Yeah, let's see. So, oh yeah. So as Lindsay Ellis walks up to him and discusses the fact that they can see his cock and balls, she says the words critic, honey, which I really didn't like. I didn't like it either. It's really all I had to say about that. Uh, we get the Mickey needs goat porn bit that we talk about. Oh yeah. As the cloaks chase the, uh, the other group, one of the cloaks is a bigger guy. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying that to make fun of him, but they do just like zoom directly into his gut in a shot of him, like chasing them, it which feels mean. it was mean. You didn't need to do that. It's why did you do that to him? Anyway, uh, <laughs> I do love that. Anigo Montoya's sword clearly breaks halfway through the movie. Oh yeah. Cause then it's duct taped and he very <laughs> delicately uses it in the sword. Fight. He didn't buy a new one. Heaven no. forbid. You spend $5 at Walmart to get an equally cheap plastic sword. Instead, there's just electrical tape wrapped around it, and he very delicately taps it against the other people's swords. It's crazy how there was just not even the barest bones in terms of choreography for these fights, which involve like 20 people. And it's just all of them. Yeah, it's just all of them doing like when you were like 10 and had lightsaber fights with your friends. Except in the last fight where there is one huge piece of choreography where somebody does a backflip. Yeah, and his hat flies off. During the first take of that, he lands right on his neck. Oh my god. It's terrible. Uh, He has a black belt in karate. Where did they find this guy? I don't know. But so basically what happens is he he kicks Aslan, and Aslan catches his foot, and then he does like a backflip with his 
foot in the other guy's hand. Yeah, and it's and the first time he just it looks pretty cool. To yeah, be it looks fair. pretty cool. It's a fairly impress. It's the only impressive stunt in the whole movie. Um, but he does a backflip. <clears throat> the first time he tries it, he lands straight on his neck and then like pops back up immediately, <laughs> and like right. puts his hat back on and he's like, "What?" <laughs> and Doug is like, we can just use that. Like, that'll be a good joke. And he's like, no, I'm doing it again. And then the voiceover is Doug going, no one asked him to do it again. <laughs> Which is especially funny since Doug, like, pretty famously would do, like, dozens Kubrick of takes. Level, yeah. yeah. Not like, on this. They yeah. didn't have the time on this movie to do that. Um, yeah, they were doing, like, one take shots. Yeah, and there are a couple places where, oh boy, you can tell. Like, mm-hmm. early on when they, they, they do, like, the epic walk up the hill. Uh, for the trailer, the wind has blown half of the characters' hair across their faces, and they just—they just went with it. it. They didn't. They did. They just went for it. Um, oh yeah. So let's see. Later on, we have. Oh yes, Mati is sent uh, to get the critic a coffee. They pull up at the house and free Chuck Jeffers from the book in the evil basement. And I just want to. I need to address this. He calls the internet, and I quote, "That DARPA shit," which incredibly baseline to just sneak in there yeah uh, is him going oh yeah Crazy. the internet it's military intelligence uh and then all of the other characters of course immediately go oh no it's not that anymore which it is it is it is we, we've discussed this at length it is but doesn't matter uh you know the cloaks turned film brain into one of their own for yeah. maybe 10 minutes before film yeah. brain becomes good again they ask him what his favorite tree is, and he says, none of the trees in this forest are oak, but they're all very good. It's not true. There are oak trees all over. They're incredibly common trees. Uh, anyway, you can see an oak tree. Uh, let's see. They immediately hypnotize him back into being a good guy. With They have the, several fights on playgrounds. There's several fights on playgrounds where a lady shows up and is like, my daughter wants to play on the playground. This is something Doug was really stuck on, was that shot. Um, like, he wanted this joke in it so badly, and the whole time they're discussing whether or not they're gonna go forward with the film because it's raining, he's like, well, well, no girl would want to play on the playground in the rain. And he, like, emphasizes that it's a girl. Yeah, as opposed to boys. Boy I mean, I'll just tell you. loves playing on the playground in the rain. That was my favorite thing. I'd, I'd go out in the rain, and I'd look at the slide, and I'd say, I want my pants to be soaked all the way through. I want to go through this slide right now in the pouring rain. But that's, uh, like, the only reason why he said that they couldn't film in the rain was because no girl would so want to be funny. on the playground in the rain. And not, like, safety concerns or... Just the, the fact camera, that it'd be unpleasant or... to film in the rain in February. He's like, nah. Nah. Or March. No girl uh, would. Yeah. <laughs> no girl would want to do that. Oh, that's so cool. Also, the girl that in question, rule. she looks terrified for her life. She looks like someone is pointing a gun at her off screen. Yeah, she is like physically recoiling from the camera and trying not to like laugh nervously. Uh. Anyway, let's see. Malachite shows up at the house. He kills the guy in the basement. Uh, that dude in suede shows up. Like I said, he's mm-hmm. good. We like him. He's great. Uh, oh, yeah. Spoonie's group duct tapes a woman to the wall. Uh, apparently. I don't know if they talked about this oh, in behind the yes, scenes. yes, they do. Yeah. Would you like to tell us? Um, so they the first take they did, they duct taped her to a wall. And she got so lightheaded that they had to cut her down. And yeah. then she was like, I'll do it again. And they said, no. And <laughs> instead, they wrapped a blanket in tape and put it around her. And sat her on a couch. Which is better. Is, yeah. I'm glad that they at least had this the common sense to go, hey, maybe we shouldn't kill this woman with duct tape to make our film. <laughs> and it was just like one of Lindsay's friends too. Yeah, there's a couple of Lindsay's friends who just like got, su- there's a, everybody in this film who isn't one of like the named characters is just a friend of the per- of one of the people who just yeah. happened to get sucked Usually into this Lindsay nightmare. Usually Lindsay or Doug. Usually Lindsay or Doug. Um, of Lindsay course, there is. Lindsay pulled her weight in this movie. Yeah, yeah, she got uh, several of her friends to like. It. That's the thing is, you know, Lindsay Ellis actually went to film school. Uh, unlike <laughs> it shows everybody else. Yeah, it it shows. Um, let's see. Yeah, we get the long exposition dump. Oh yes, there's the the angry video game nerd makes a voice cameo, and mm-hmm. once again, just a beacon of light onto this movie. You know. He shows up and you're like, ah, thank God, someone huh. competent. 
And yes. it's literally just him going like, ah, fuck you. I hate you all. You suck. And I'm like. And you're like, I agree. A voice of reason. Yeah. You're like, I'm, I'm with you. The, so the, the ancient voice or whatever it's called, the voice of the mm-hmm. ancient world shows up in a little box and cinema snob as Indiana Jones goes, this is the box of a carpenter. You know, like in Indiana Jones where he says the cup of a carpenter. But cinema mm-hmm. snob hated that line because he did not understand what it was. Which is incredible. The guy named Cinema Snob who dressed as Indiana Jones fails to understand such a surface level reference to an Indiana Jones movie that it was written by Doug Walker. Incredible. I hate everybody involved with this movie except for any of the people I've spoken positively about. Yep. Uh, Let's see. Malachite's hand. It's revealed that it was back where it started. It's actually technology. It's a video game thing. How funny. Long epic fight. Uh, there's Mormon missionaries in the background of one of Doug's epic speeches, yes. which I really like. I wonder if Swade like talked to them afterwards. I like, hey, honestly, I I wouldn't be surprised. I tried to find out. I couldn't find any like reference to it anywhere. Mm-mm. But like, you know, even if you're like an ex Mormon, usually when you like see missionaries out and about, you like stop to talk to them because like you know, they're young guys. Like it's a yeah, it's rough, right? Like it's obviously it's a good no, experience for most of the people. Be nice do it. to Mormon missionaries. Yeah, like don't be mean to them. Don't this be is, dicks to them. If I had to say something nice to you, like hey, they're like nineteen or twenty. They're doing their best. Yeah, you they don't, don't have know. to like. Yeah, you don't have don't to like be an edgy atheist to them. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to be like. You don't have to convert to Mormonism for their sake. Uh uh-uh. You probably shouldn't. Uh, but uh, you know, don't be mean either. Like, just give them some Offer, water. Say like, hey, yeah. I hope you're doing well. Where's your family from? Talk to them like human beings. Um, would you like a snack? Yeah, would you like a snack? Yeah, invite them in. For, provide them Popeyes because they're part of the talent. And therefore, yes. unlike Iron Liz, they may eat. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, I love referring to missionaries as part of the talent. Yeah, the talent. <laughs> like, like it's a Truman Show-esque thing. If church like, did, I would be on board. <laughs> I'm a star. As <laughs> I'm there like looking out. I mean, I've been assigned to like anchorage alaska like the talent is going to anchorage alaska the the, uh you know the classic the pit bull performing at the walmart in kodak alaska i love those pictures pictures are so good i love that pitbull's going so hard ah man of the people anyway uh mati defeats malachite with the power of heart and then dies Mm -hmm. in the process Yes. And the movie suddenly cares about Mati, and I guess every character at once regrets abusing him for the entire runtime. Um, They bury him in a Quaker Oats can. Which uh, could have been funny if they didn't keep going, this is a Quaker Oats can, isn't it funny? Yeah, it would have been a, yeah, it would have been a decent bit. A pro- I think stolen from something. I don't remember what, but isn't there like, isn't there one later? I don't know. I don't remember. I think it's like a Folger's coffee can or something. Anyway. But uh, if they just were like, this is his urn, and it was a Quaker Oats can, I'd be like, okay. Yeah, but they drew a mustache on the Quaker Oats can, and they keep talking about it, which, very cool. Um, Linkara sings. He's, I don't like being mean to people who are bad at singing, as someone who sings a lot and is occasionally very bad at it, and often somewhat bad at it. But, oh boy. he's I'm, I'm not great. I'm not great either. He's very bad. Uh, he can't hold the. He sings "Amazing Grace" and cannot hold any notes ever. No, just immediately goes flat, which is brutal. He knows the words, which is commendable. Yeah, he knows the words. He makes some of them about Mati, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Doug learns about the Necronomicon and makes just the most evil face I have ever seen. I just sent it to the Doug Zone, uh, and that's the sequel. They set up. They set up the sequel there. So next year, we'll be back to talk about the classic, the infamous, the much discussed to boldly flee. But uh, there's still some stuff I want to talk about Suburban Nights. To boldly flee, to be honest. What's that? Like, part of me is looking forward to, to boldly flee because I know how terrible it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's going to be brutal. Um, it's like three um, hours long. It's so long. I consumed a two-hour documentary about Doug this week, so I, I have some things as well that I can just say about Doug. Hit us. Go and for it. Why involved. not? Um. <laughs> um, one thing that I really hated was they brought up Spooning with Spoony, which uh-huh. I'm not sure if you remember that. I do. Yeah. Where they have uh, Lindsay Ellis and I don't remember the other girl, 
But the whole joke is, is that Lindsay Ellis is horrified that she has spent the night with Spoonie. Yeah, which, ugh, not, not great. Bad. Quite bad, in fact. Um, they show the clip of uh, the E3 infamous clip, <laughs> which is great. I love that clip. Betrayal! Betrayal! <laughs> I think about that video so much more often than I should. Honestly, because that was on their sister site, Blistered Thumbs. Yeah. And I love that the guy who was on that, who's like holding the microphone on that is somehow even more insane because he blames like that one video clip for everything bad that's ever happened yeah. in his career. Um, um, he was like, I could have gotten an interview with and I don't remember even who it was, but because of him, I never. Yeah, he's like, that's a big player. Like, it's like, I don't even remember what he was saying. But yeah, I can like see the picture. I can see the the shitty drawing of his podcast where he talked about it. Like, I know the picture and I know the guy. And I'm sorry, man. Being involved with Spoonie screaming, betrayal at the top of his lungs is the funniest thing you will ever do in your entire life. Like, sorry, man. I don't write the rules, but that's just how it is. Oh, it was um, Lord Cat. Oh, right, that yeah. says his career was ruined. <laughs> that's so um, funny. And according to Lord Cat, they said that he was banned from future E3s and Angry Joe had to beg in order to be let back in. <laughs> Which is disputed by other people, but... I choose to believe it. I, I do like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's so awesome. Um... I've just, we've never talked about the XCOM incident, so. Yeah, I, how have we gone so long? We've talked about Spoonie so many times. How have we not talked about that? Um, anyway. But you know what isn't so awesome? What is, in fact, not so awesome? What's not so awesome? Some of the things that Obscurus Lupa had to deal with behind the set. Oh, I, Obscurus Lupa got. She truly must have had, like, the patience of an angel to go through half of this stuff and not just bring a gun to the next filming well they um, had a unanimous vote on if they should do the movie or not and everyone voted yes like they had an anonymous unanimous vote yeah yeah it's crazy um doug and rob yeah they as we mentioned before they about halfway through i guess just got bored or something and we're like yeah we're not no, doing this like, it rained out oh right and yeah. they were like they called an emergency meeting between the producers, which there were like eight producers on this film, which is crazy. And yeah. one of the producers wasn't there. And they decided we're going to do like a mockumentary making of style thing. <laughs> um, and then the lady that wasn't there was like emergency meeting. We're not doing that. That's stupid. Oh, yeah. Hang on. She was also in the uh, not so awesome. Let me see. Where is it? Let me find it. Because she was like she worked HR is what she actually did. Um. Let me see. Where was it? Because uh, I know that she was in there. Uh, okay, yeah, here it is. So what was her name? It was uh, Holly Brown, apparently. Yes. She worked Holly. HR for the company. And here's what she said. She was like, let me tell you about the fury I felt when they called me on the way to Doug and Rob's house to tell me we were scrapping Suburban Nights. Mm -hmm. uh, she said, no one is going to want to finish it. Me. Why don't we ask them? I know for certain they want to finish this. Uh, right. So she, and then she says, thankfully, I got them to at least agree to ask and then called the producers to let them know it was up. I think this is probably all covered on the DVD extras, uh, which, as we now know, it is. Um, but yeah, so Obscurus Lupa. They, were they didn't two have, I do want to say, according to Iron Lids, they like didn't have enough minivans for everybody. Yeah, so she then had to start driving people around. Yeah. Uh, while I will remind you, she was not getting paid. She was not part of the talent. The only time she was treated as though she was part of the talent was when her knee got kicked in, and then she had to sign a contract stating that she wouldn't hold them liable. She couldn't eat. She also wasn't invited to the rap party, which just sucks. That's rude. Don't do that. That is Come rude. Come on, guys. Um, so just more examples of Rob Walker being a demon incarnate. But uh, Obscurus Lupa, there's two notes from Not So Awesome that I wanted to read, uh, where she said, okay, hang on. Doug's style of directing is just to tell us to do it more like him. Uh, if we pointed out we wouldn't deliver a line like that, he'd tell us, we'll try it both ways. So he could just use the take of us doing it his way. Uh, so apparently, we'll try it both ways became a running joke on set as people would like make fun of Doug behind his back. Oh my um, God. She also said, it was embarrassing. When we were filming in the park, 
Doug would start mm-hmm. giving directions to passersby like they were part of the production. That's so funny. Which is just insane. Um, yeah, four people in total were hurt during the movie with no safety precautions ever being put in place. Uh, Liz and Bennett were both hurt during stunts with Orlando, and Orlando himself landed on his neck wrong. This was included in the blooper reel, uh, which is very cool. Swade has a whole section on uh, not so awesome. Yeah, where he then said, "Yeah, he like says like the only the first time I really realized that something was off <laughs> was when I was on the set of Suburban Nights, and the producers were mocked for wanting craft services or water on set." <laughs> Which, yeah, Swade, I would also go, something seems to be wrong here. <laughs> um, oh, God. So I have that. Let me double check the IMDb trivia page and see if I can find any any other final gems to take us out uh, before we uh, go. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> Swade was told that having a Patreon was e-begging. <laughs> No, Swade didn't deserve this. Is he still making stuff? Um, let me look it up. Uh, William Swade, that guy in the Swade. Um, he has a TVTropes.com page, so he's got to be at one point. He was doing well for himself. IMGb. William Dufresne is that dude in the suede, a laid-back, sarconic otaku in a leather jacket who hails from Christchurch, New Zealand, and reviews anime and anime-related things. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. So he was, like, one of the first Channel Awesome guys. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Um, Dang. I don't know if he's still doing stuff. I can't... I found his YouTube. I think. Yeah. No, he's not doing anything. Good for him. I don't think. I'm glad that he's gotten out of it. Uh, also, the only ad that got through my ad blocker here is, uh, well, there's two of them on this tvtropes.com website. There's one that says, see if you should get screened for lung cancer, which, yeah, all right, cool, I um, guess. Uh, Benzie's girlfriend did all the art for it, and they didn't pay her. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. That was crazy. Um <laughs> So yeah, that was, hang on, let me find that real quick. Because yeah, well, they so they paid her for, um, like, one use of they the... They didn't pay her, like, a cut of merch. Yeah, and then they, they like, put it on merchandise that they hadn't purchased the rights for. Uh, because they were just like, oh, well, we can, surely, we can just keep using this, right? Uh... When Linkara and Suede left, all of their archived uh, videos were deleted. <laughs> Which is why we can't find anything. That's, oh my god. This is just, every time I learn about this, it's astonishing. It's crazy. Um, yeah, the INDB page is just, it appears to just be someone writing down things as they saw them in the behind the scenes thing. Although, at the very beginning of the movie, when Angry Joe stops someone to tell him that he just won a free car, do you know who the person he stopped was? Who was it? It was Mike Michaud. Oh, God. He's so evil. He is just such an evil man. He's um, done, like, one sit-down interview ever. Yeah. Which it's... I haven't watched, but it doesn't seem good. Yeah. He was... This is... The guy who plays Mati, this is his one fatal flaw, was he was the one that brought Michaud into that guy with the glasses. That does kind of rock, actually. Like, just, like, steering the ship directly into a minefield and then jumping overboard right as it starts to like drift in um also as a side note um you know mars girl as princess mononoke this is a fact on the imdb page we'll we'll go out on this one i think uh she was given a choice for either san from princess mononoke or uh kiki from kiki's delivery service as her costume she picked the former even though she had to cut her hair and make the costume herself in addition to translating all of her lines to Japanese. So she was just like told to do all of it, which is yeah. crazy. That's the thing. And part of the reason why it's like hard to like dunk on these movies super hard before you remember that they were made by the most evil people on earth. It's like there is genuine heart and charm going into a lot of this. Uh, and, you know, if most of these people weren't entering their 30s, I would 
I just wouldn't be making fun of it at all. But unfortunately, no. if this was teenagers that made this, like, yeah, this is I the quality of video that I made with my friends. Like, we all—I I don't know if we all did it, but like, yeah, many sure. of the people who later would grow up to, for some reason, decide that their voice needed to be heard on the internet every week, mm-hmm. started out doing things pretty early on, right? Like, I made movies with a bunch of my little my friends. We'd like run around in the forest. It was our movies were also incredibly blue because just like Doug, we were using one camera and didn't understand that you were supposed to adjust the white balance, which Mm -hmm. we didn't mention that. But, oh, my God, this movie looks awful. Um, So the lighting was so inconsistent on different days. And in the behind the scenes, they're just going, well, Doug can fix it. He's really good at editing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's the funniest thing i've heard all episode <laughs> Does that that's, rule? That's this so... hasn't been a very funny episode but <laughs> that's okay you know i feel like it, it's it hasn't been very funny but it has been very doug centered and for some reason those two things seem to be mutually exclusive i'm not you sure can't why... be funny and talk about doug which yeah. is the problem with this podcast <laughs> and it's like poor it's broken however next week i will say just a little teaser before we go into actually do you have any final thoughts before we uh i didn't enjoy this yeah it was Um, bad i'm ready for next year i'm ready for next year oh we're gonna watch the boldly flee and we're gonna hate it um (laughs) however next week everybody we will be joined by nate and tyler uh formerly of anamorphing time now of the bruce campbell podcast uh so i'm looking forward to that one so that'll be fun we'll be funny we might not Maybe. talk about Doug, but we'll probably be funny. I feel fair. They'll be funny, at least. We'll try our best. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll keep up with them, maybe. Yeah, we'll try to keep up with them. We'll see if everybody but me will be high again. That will be a fun dynamic to take into things. Um, who can say? Maybe I'll be drunk this time. Ooh, very exciting. Maybe I'll also. We'll see what I can do. Anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, guarantee at least some of us will be abusing substances. Someone will be under the one. influence of something. And let that be our promise to you. Um, however, thank you for all. Thank you all for listening for another year-ish. Uh, we will see you in, in about a year. Season three for season three. We're going into season three, so we'll be ringing in the new year next week. Um, I hope twenty twenty three treats you all well. Mm-hmm. And uh, until next year, where we will hopefully have a new outro. XOXO. Gossip Doug. <laughs>